It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as Lightyear, Strange World, and music themed biopics. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated to 2023. Yeah, I guess this is the first thing we recorded. Yeah. I'm looking around. Caleb, nothing's changed. Nope. And I uh, I know from the scheduling, this won't come out anywhere near uh, the start of the year, so. <laughs> Probably at least April or something. Oh, well. So, we, uh, we've kind of been off. We've, uh, we've been, uh, we've been, we had some things. No, not really. Yeah, we took a little bit of a break. Not that anyone would, would notice that because the uploads have stayed the same thanks to all the backlog stuff. But Yeah, that's why backlogging is the best. And especially I'll say for all these bonus episodes, if anyone's noticed a massive uh, influx in them lately. Yeah, that's thanks to me having 17 uh, ones just sitting there unedited Sheesh. over my break. I finally got to all those, and yeah, 17, stretching all the way back to January of last year. Oh man, caught up, <laughs> did he? Um, you're making a promise this year, sir. What is that promise? Um, I'm hoping to be able to keep up, because last year I got massively behind almost the whole year. So. <sighs> okay, well, let's, uh, let's see how long that uh, lasts. Yeah, and I'm hoping to cut down on some of the... Uh, extra long podcast this year last year i feel like we went overboard no promises given that's partially in fact that's all my fault <laughs> well some of them some of them was with me you and eric and we can't help it there's the three of us sometimes but we'll see we'll see how it goes indeed uh so caleb I'll, what do you want to talk about yeah there was uh, a couple movies that i saw during our little break period i actually saw a fuck ton of movies during my break I was catching up on a lot of stuff, seeing a lot of random things. But two things that I saw were kind of uh, a cultural touchpoint in the uh, the wrong way, perhaps. And those were two animated films put out by Disney. It was Lightyear and Strange World. And yeah, that's it's curious, those two movies, because both of them had their massive kind of anti-woke backlash. And at least one of them, Lightyear, I mean, that is such a minor part of the movie. It's It it, it's, it blows my mind that that could uh, ignite a, a boycott. Including in my own circle, I knew people, religious people, who are, yeah, saying, I'm not taking my kids, and I wish that these, these movies would stop trying to shove this stuff down our throats. 
It's like, uh, it's, it's like they mention it maybe like four times in the movie that one of the characters is a lesbian and we see their family together and that's enough for you to uh, want to boycott. That's very strange to me. Have you heard much about that movie or have you seen it? No, I actually stayed, I've stayed pretty much away from it because I meant to see it and I never did. It's one day I'll get to it and just give you my thoughts on it. Um, but I know a lot of other people have been lambasting it for other reasons. Well, I mean, other reasons, but reasons not for the reasons you spoke of. Yeah, yeah, and, and there are legitimate complaints for the movie. Um, I just tend to think that those other complaints aren't legitimate, and they were kind of the ones guiding the whole uh, discourse. So, But I could definitely get into my, my thoughts and my, my issues and my, my positives if, you'd like, if you want to uh, get into it. Oh, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to ask. Um, first off, I got to, I got to ask. Do the, okay. Do you know what Buzz Lightyear, do you know what Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is? Uh, is that the TV show or that little short? Um... It's, it's the, it's the, uh, I guess it was in the movie theaters. I don't remember. I don't know if it was a theatrically released movie or if it was a direct. It may have been a directed video movie, but yes, yeah. it was an ant like not CGI animated, but a two D hand drawn animated show to promote. Like it's it's the show that uh, Andy was watching uh, that got like him to buy Buzz Lightyear, or at least wanted had him get Buzz Lightyear for his birthday. So. Which I assume maybe maybe I'm wrong, because they had a whole intro that was that had like the Toy Story cast in there, and mm -hmm. Tim Allen reprises role for the I guess TV movie or direct-to-video movie, and then Patrick Warburton did the voice for Buzz in the series. Anyways, my question is: Did they at all mention that, or is there anything like lifted from either that movie or the TV show? Mm, I did watch the TV show. I don't know if I ever saw the the movie, That's but right. maybe we'll do the movie at some point. <laughs> mm, I don't know if they lifted anything directly, but it seemed like it was carrying the torch of, yeah, like this is the real stories of the the Buzz Lightyear that inspired Andy. Because like the movie itself, they open up with a little title crawl that says, you know, in 1995 there was a boy named Andy and he fell in love with this movie and that's why he bought the toy. So it's meant to be a, a film from that time period. And I'm pretty sure that that TV series had a similar concept, like it was meant to be a show in-universe for Toy Story. Yeah, I think you're right. Something It was going on something like that, if I recall, to deal with. Oh, but um, for the movie itself, I'll say uh, I do think that visually it's stunning. And I'll say the same thing for Strange World. I think both of them create such a beautiful world that I love spending time in. Um, and I really liked the the deeper element of the sci-fi in both of them. They both felt like they were maybe a little bit higher level for the usual kids kind of cartoon stuff in terms of the concepts. So I thought all that stuff was cool. Uh, Chris Evans was okay. You know, I don't think he really brought much to the table new. But... Um, I think the biggest issue with the movie is that it feels very, um, and, and this is a, a problem with a lot of these these uh, studio films these days, it just feels like they s spent so much time crafting the the kind of beats of the movie that it, 
It has a really artificial feel to it. Kind of like how I feel with Back to the Future. When I watch that, I'm like, uh, this feels so perfectly sculpted that it doesn't actually feel like a story that I'm immersed in. It feels like I'm constantly distracted by the mechanics of it. Even though I really enjoy Back to the Future, and even though I did enjoy uh, Lightyear for the most part, I do feel like that element is a problem with that movie. And it's also a problem with Strange World, if that uh, if that makes sense. No, I, I know what you mean. Uh, note to self, go back and watch Back to the Future to see if Caleb is correct. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets worse in the second one. I feel like the second one's like, oh, look at us, look how clever we are, look at all the, th the mechanics of what we're doing here, it's so special. And I just feel like, mm, no, no. <laughs> but. Well, fair enough. Um, Alright, <laughs> first, first, as I interrogate him as I usually do. Uh, sir, what did you think of the animation and this can be for both i'll i'm not i will like single out like one or the other but like for now we'll sure. go with both like what do you think because obviously pixar is getting well both i think disney and pixar using computers now well, i think that's kind of obvious <laughs> um but they're getting close i think in frozen 2 they had to like limit they had to actually uh d downplay some of the water because they actually made it so photorealistic that when they had it in there and Elsa was in there, it actually looked, like, unrealistic. So they had to, like, uh, dumb down the water uh, effects. So that, cause we're, we're close. We're near, like, they are near close to achieving photorealism with water. Um, how, how do you think this, the computer-generated images looked with Strange New... Strange World, sorry, not Strange New Worlds, pardon me. Uh, <laughs> Strange World and or world excuse me and light year well both of them were fantastic visually i loved spending time with them um i think light year has a more realistic more kind of depthful animation but strange world is filled with so many creative ideas and they they execute all that stuff really well and it has a really uh strong pop to it like i would go back to the movie just to i would even watch in the background editing without the sound on just to take in that world it's so cool. That's good. Okay, good to note. Uh, so with Lightyear, uh, I don't know if editing's a problem because, like, well, yeah. What do you think of the runtime? Uh, it didn't feel long. It felt like it all served its purpose well. Good. Even if it was artificially sculpted, it still felt like you know it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It actually felt like it paced itself right. And yeah, actually, you know, it did thing. Yeah, and, and the artificial sculpting comes almost all down to the characters in terms of, like, character development. It felt like this isn't so much, uh, you know, a natural development as much as bullet points that they have on their, their kind of board. This is what we need for everyone to do. This is their little bits that transform throughout the movie, but it doesn't feel transformative as much as just fitting into that very clear uh, structure. Let's see... Like, there's even one character that really doesn't have much to do, and so for his little arc, they just give him a prop, that he's always playing around with this prop. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, when is this going to come up to be useful in the end? And, of course, the end comes around, and then the prop serves its purpose, and it's like, okay, yeah, didn't see that coming. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Um, is, the st is, it character is the story character-driven or plot-driven? Uh... Strange World might be more plot-driven. Lightyear feels more character-driven. Okay. Interesting. 
duly noted. Um, cinematography, unless I already said that, unless I already mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, since it's the animation, I think, yeah, both of them look stunning. What, sir, did you think of the music for both? Ah, that's... I think I enjoyed the music in Lightyear. Um, it's been it's been several weeks. I don't That's, neither yeah, one of them no, really stood out hugely, but Lightyear I do think had the better music. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I, don't, I, I didn't see it, so I have no idea. Um, okay. <laughs> it's hard. No, no, no. I was I was I was trying to look up like if Lightyear's on title right now. It doesn't seem like it is, unless I'm wrong on that. But like, hmm. I'm just wondering if it was Giacchino or not. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. It doesn't look like Strange Worlds is on title either. Interesting. Uh, continue, sorry. Yeah, for Strange World, do you know about the, uh, like, what was driving the woke uh, complaints for that movie? Uh, no. What was, uh, why were people upset as usual? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, unlike, um, unlike Lightyear, which only had a, a very minor character, who wasn't even in the movie for the full runtime, and you know their her lesbian element was very very minor. Um, in Strange World, it's the lead character, essentially the the secondary lead, is um, the son of the lead character, and he's uh, he's gay. And one of the things that's nice about the movie is that none of the characters bat an eye to it whatsoever. Everyone's just like, oh, okay, that's 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 totally normal. Uh, not not even to the point where they're saying that's totally normal. It's just played off completely normal, if that makes sense. <laughs> like no one ever really comments or. Wait, is that's okay? So there's there the the trailers were on the TV spots were showing that there it's like a family movie because you have like the the dad, the son, and then the grandson, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Is the son is the son Jake Gyllenhaal? No, it, it more the structure of the movie is there's the dad, there's the grandpa, and then the son. Okay. It's more the, the way. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so there's there's the dad, there's the grandfather, and there's the son. Is the dad Jake Gyllenhaal? Yep. Okay, well, they went, okay, they went full Brokeback Mountain. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, but... Uh... I was like, there. Of course, they. Okay, no, I, that that makes perfect sense. Why they they cast him? Yeah, he's not the gay one, though. But oh, he's not. Okay, never mind. Oh, the no. son is okay. The son, yeah. Never mind. Well, forget me then. <laughs> I retract my statement. And I guess you could say because the dad's white and his his wife and his son are are black, or I guess his son's mixed race. I think there was complaints about that too. You know, the the forced diversity. But... Fair enough. But it was a really cool movie. Um, had a really interesting message to it and a, a really cool uh, landscape. I think you said it was somewhat um, Lovecraftian, um, but it's 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 really interesting. I I, I really enjoyed that uh, the concept of that movie. I mean, when they said Strange Worlds and I saw like what they were doing, I'm like, all right, this is like the lightest we can ever do Lovecraft. Yeah, I was more thinking. Uh, uh, who's the one who did uh, The Lost World? Was it Arthur Conan Doyle? Or Sir maybe, Arthur maybe Con yeah, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, excuse me. Yeah, it feels more something like that. Or something like uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. One of those kind of in that realm. Uh, okay. 
yeah, it's got a strong adventure element to it. The kind of the, the big theme of the movie is too. Yeah, cause it um it opens up even like the uh, the Filoni uh, Clone Wars. There's like an old timey kind of narrator explaining the the history of the the characters, showing like black and white footage, and it's it's supposed to be like the old world adventurers of Conan Doyle's time. That's cool. Uh. What did you think of the actors, I guess, in all of them? I know you mentioned Evans, uh, Captain. And um, I, I remember they, they did a, uh, they did like a, what, an hour or so, like, preview special on, like, the behind the scenes of Lightyear and, like, the making of, in a way. Um, and they, it was really funny how they... Again, they, how they controlled the narrative in that one. I was, it was very. I, I watched a bit of it with my family when they when my dad was watching it. Um, but it was interesting how they they have some reverence for like John Lasseter and Tim Allen, even though hmm. those two are problematic figures with Disney right now. Yeah, uh, present day. But they they tr- they almost gave them some respect at least, and like some positive acknowledgement, and and came out and like talked about them i guess briefly of course not the whole thing of course but um yeah they, they like because we saw like some behind the scenes footage of when tim allen first started like talking as buzz lightyear in the um in 95 uh, and again john lassiter as well i'm just like wow like lassiter's canceled i think and tim allen's also getting on his way to being canceled but we're actually like you know acknowledging their existence if in like a make making of 2022 how fascinating hmm. yeah no that that is that is nice to i mean because they're such pivotal figures in uh the franchise it, it's good to, to give them some respect yeah no it's it's interesting <laughs> we'll all be the obsolete man one day if, if, if you catch my drift <laughs> oh here we go yeah and i'll say uh when the, when Lightyear came out, I was like, okay, you know, this feels like a cash grab. What, uh, like, is this really a way to continue this franchise? Like, the Toy Story stuff is probably should be over, but we're gonna continue with this unnecessary kind of side quill. And I, I honestly don't think that it uh, did enough to really be like, okay, we we definitely needed this story. And in terms of capturing a lot of the uh, the kind of emotional nostalgia of the Toy Story movies in terms of just reaching back to people's childhoods, things like that. This movie didn't really capture any of that. Even if it's meant to be a movie from the 90s, like a big sci-fi film, it doesn't feel like that. And in that way, it has no nostalgia aspect to kind of pull on our heartstrings. But as a, a cool animated sci-fi film, I think it, it succeeds well enough. Um, there's some, yeah, some, some issues with the character stuff that just feels too artificial, but, but overall, I think the movie works well enough on its own that I can kind of look at it, you know, not as part of the Toy Story franchise, but just as its own kind of thing, even if it doesn't quite get there enough to make it like great on its own, you know, if that makes sense. I remember when Yule texted me, Chris Evans is going to be in the new Lightyear film. I'm like, interesting. I thought he was talking about it being live action. Mm. Like, I literally thought they were going to do, like, a live action film. And I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get that. I'm like, yo, we're actually going to, like, have 
a animated, like original animated property go to live action. No way. I'm like, yo, we're doing another, like Disney's doing their own version of like, you know, the introspective white guy in space. Let's go. <laughs> you know, we had First Man, we had Ad Astra, we had in, um, Interstellar, and some other, you know, space film movies, or I guess Gravity as well. So like, let's go. Yeah, and there's a, a, a sizable chunk of this movie that is playing in that vein. That does feel like some real thoughtful science fiction and focuses on the isolation of the Buzz character. And I, I think all that stuff is really cool. It's it's just later in the movie when, when that element kind of changes that it, it becomes more problematic. But it is really cool for like 40 minutes, the movie. I guess the question I have to ask is that by the end of the film, is this the Buzz Lightyear from the original Toy Story? Like, is his personality that of... Like what Tim Allen was doing, and whatever John Lasseter was writing. Yeah, that's that's kind of what's interesting. Yeah, uh, they do capture a lot of the core bits of that early um, buzz in that first movie, where he doesn't really, he never wants to work with anybody. He thinks that everything's on him; that he's the only one who can accomplish anything really. And he definitely has a pompous element to him, where he thinks that he's better than the other people around who are around him. Maybe not in like a like a mean like elitist way but just like i'm the only one who's good enough to do anything and so it's all on me and that's a big part of the movie is him kind of like i guess in the first toy story is is him kind of learning that no it it, it's good to have people it's good to not be so uh isolated and and not be so self-reliant in a detrimental way it's a big part of that the early part of that movie is (laughs) it's it's better to be co-op and solo uh, basically, instead of being on your own, it's good to have friends and companions. Yeah, and, and to, to value teamwork. There you instead go. Instead of just yeah, trying to do everything just on your own. So it's got a little bit of a message there. and It kind of, yeah, it reminds me of uh, some people, what people, some people thought, yeah, you gotta be careful with what I say, but I'm just going with what some people reviewed over uh, Horizon Zero, sorry, Horizon Forbidden West, excuse me, from last year. Um, the character of Aloy, she, some people were saying she has kind of that, uh, only I can do it mentality of like, I don't want anybody else getting in the way. I'm the special one here. I don't want anybody getting hurt and be on my conscious. And that was one of the either criticisms or at least one of the, uh, points, uh, or yeah, yeah, beats pointed out, uh, in, in the reviews last year of that game. So it's interesting that they were doing that again here, but I guess that character will always exist in media somewhere. Yeah, they chose a cool sci-fi way to really illustrate the impact of of that isolation, and it, and it created some some cool drama in the early parts of the movie. Interesting. Okay, would you recommend it? Would you recommend Lightyear to people? I would. Um, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily going to be up there with the greats of Pixar, but it's around the level of the first Cars. It may be better than the first Cars, honestly. <laughs> But it's it's definitely not up there with the the top ten uh, quality ones. Yeah, at this point, probably not. Um, and uh, I, I I asked before, but I'll say again. What did you think of the acting in Lightyear, other than Evans? Um, the only other standout one was Kiki Palmer. I enjoyed her in that. Um, she, she was fun. Uh, Taika Waititi showed up in it, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, Taika. I mean why are they hiring this guy? Because 
he did this, um, oh, I can't remember what other movie, oh, it was, it was Thor, which I guess he was hiring himself, but he does this thing where he doesn't play characters, he, he's one of those comedians who he shows up just to play himself, but he takes it a step further, where he constantly feels self-aware of the fact that it's him playing a character in a movie, and just makes jokes and comments that just like, hmm, you're taking me out of the movie here, it's, you know, it's, you're, you're damaging the scenes by by this kind of bizarre humor it was all over the place in thor love and thunder and it popped up two or three times in this movie it's just kind of like ah, i don't i don't really want to see taiko atiti acting in, in movies much anymore i see basically i, I remember you you talking or uh, discussing that uh uh how do i put this you discussed that passionately last year when i uh interrogated you over thor uh four whatever it was called love and thunder yeah that that kind of meta self-aware humor that i think that's just damaging for i i just think that's a bad vein to go down maybe that's a stylistic choice but i i think it's a potentially troubling trend in, in comedies how how is it that rick and morty gets away with it not taika watiti is it because he's in the wrong tonal movie or is he just not why isn't he in Rick and Morty, that's my question. Because I think he would excel in that, if that's the case. I've only seen one season of that show. I wasn't very impressed. Didn't seem like my style of humor. <laughs> and one of the writers from that show went on to write She-Hulk. And I think that She-Hulk oh, is filled with that, that type of humor that I desperately do not enjoy. Do you think he's peeved off at Ryan Reynolds for taking Deadpool? Do you think Taika Waititi actually would make a good Deadpool? No. Okay. I definitely do not think. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think his, his demeanor and just his style of comedy would not go well with, with Deadpool, I don't think. Noted. Okay. Well, hey, I threw it out there just to see if it would if it stick. It did not. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, but with uh, with Strange Worlds, uh, what would you, you think of the other actors? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh... I like Dennis Quaid in the movie. He played the grandpa. I couldn't remember who, who was playing him, but he's he's the only other one that really stood out. For the most part, I was just kind of more into the world and the the fun concepts and the great visuals, less than the uh, the acting. Yeah, that's fair. Like they they were serviceable. They're serviceable, yeah. but nothing too great. Uh yeah. Either either they got celebrities to do stuff or not. Actually, in a way, like I mean, Dennis Quaid has been. Uh, has been associated with Disney for quite a long time. Not many people, I guess, know that. It's not in everything, but he's been in stuff in the past. So it's interesting that they got him as a, like a Disney veteran back, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, what do you think of the Strange World's runtime? Its length. Hmm. I I also think that that one handled it all pretty well. I think that one was a bit shorter, and. Uh, I think that helped it, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, not no complaints there for me. Oh, was there like a were there was it were there any songs? Was was it like a musical or was it not doing the the musical? Ah, uh, no, not doing the musical stuff. Okay, interesting. Well, I, I guess that makes sense. But it had a very strong uh, environmental message to it, Ooh. and I think they did all that in a really fun, uh, kind of different way, and so I, th I think that was all really cool. Interesting. Okay, noted. Um, all right. I guess yeah. Do you recommend Strange Worlds? Yeah, I would recommend that over Lightyear, and I would even say um, 
I think one of the things that's going to rub some people the wrong way right now is it feels extremely uh, 2022. It feels like the year. It's one of those, uh, you know, sometimes we go back to movies from the early 2000s and it's like, yep, this definitely came out in, in 2002. Like, there's no escaping that. You mean like Underworld? Un Underworld, perfect example. Guess what came out today, guys? <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I feel like this movie definitely is going to have that, that element. But I think um, as the years go by, and especially when this, this anti-woke stuff starts to fade into the background. If it ever does. Yeah. <laughs> I think people will look at this more of a... And, and see more of the, the quality to it. And it could even potentially have kind of the the resurgence that something like Treasure Planet had, which was also kind of a, a failed Disney release that eventually found an audience. I think that this could be in that similar vein. So sad. So sad about that one. Yeah, that is sad. Actually, did, did they make a uh, reference to what was his name? Uh, remember the little squishy guy in... I actually forget his name, but you remember the squishy guy from Treasure Planet? I guess he was like a precursor to some of the weird... <laughs> buds from strange worlds eh oh they're they get really squishy yeah i bet so um okay so i guess that ends that uh yep. for you for now uh i guess i'll do my uh movies i watched over uh the winter break i guess yeah i guess it was even though it's still winter but i guess holiday break let's let's i think that's a little uh easier to say so, let's see. So, Caleb, I watched over the break. Uh, what was it? I watched, finally saw Logan's Run. I saw oh. I Want to Dance with Somebody. So, which film would you like to, would you like me to start with? Oh, let's start with Logan's Run. Okay. Yes. Go ahead, sir. As a big fan of Logan's Run, I'm very pleased to hear that you finally watched that. And I wanted to start by asking, what did you think of the, uh, or what are your broader thoughts on the, just kind of the, the concept of the movie, and, and do you feel like they executed that well? Well, uh, my first big thought when I was thinking, like, okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna tell him this? I'm like, <laughs> oh boy, this film reads very differently from a 2023 lens than a uh, 1976 lens. Oh, interesting. Interesting. If that makes sense. Uh, in what way? Like the like some of the political underpinnings? Or? Well, I mean, you basically have... You live till you're 30, so there's no adults in charge. And you get to hang out at the mall. Meals seem to somehow be provided. There's a system running... There's a, there's a computer system running everything. Yeah. Like, I worry and also want to know what a Logan's Run 2023 would look like. <laughs> In reality, or in uh, in the in reality, well, in in a movie. I mean, if they if they remade, and this is interesting, where if you remade the same film over and over again each year, I want to see how it looks. Each decade, sorry. Mm. So like, yeah, and that was gonna be my my second question for you is, what do you think of the aesthetic of the movie? I loved it. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's one of the things that it gets uh, hit with a lot now. That it seems extremely dated, and um. People even say, Eric, for example, that it was dated at the time. You look at the movies around it and it looked uh, a lot more kind of shoddy. But I, I don't know. I think it's got a unique style all of its own. I, I really enjoyed the uh, the look of the movie. And their, their outfits, like the uh, 
What's Logan's Run guys? What are they called again? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't remember all the the, the fictional terminology that they have, yeah. unfortunately. Um, it's been like a, a, almost a month since I saw it. So, again, I'm going off of like memories at this point. But they, they're basically like the police officers, right? Yeah. Or the enforcers. They would chase anyone who uh, like ages out and goes on the run. Yeah, that's... That's kind of that was that was a little weird for me, because obviously we're, we're obviously the reason we had the character be this like police officer, and he acts kind of vicious in a way and almost like yeah, awful reads. <laughs> Looking at like this film after what recently came out in Memphis, like it's it's stressful to, to understand that and how you could make. A police officer character it's not a police officer character but make a police officer character the hero in this case and kind of redeem him in a way it's it's kind of weird well from what i remember it there's a sense of ignorance and he kind of comes to understand the the hideousness of the the society so i think that makes it more winning to be fair he once the once the computer ages him up to intentionally make him go like underground and and find this like resistance um is when he kind of starts getting a little more desperate, and he kind That's of fair. opens his <laughs> opens his mind a little more. Um, I I question. Well, one, this is Fallout before Fallout, which is hilarious, um, because other than vaults, like underground, it's all like above ground, but it's all like inside these domes. Uh, I thought that beginning part, by the way, also Jerry um, Goldsmith's score, amazing, wonderful. Oh. Um, but doesn't sound like Secret of Nim, which is great. I mean, there, he, he uses some arrangements, but it's not the same as, like... Maybe it is the same as... I'll tell you more about that. Maybe it's the same as uh, James Horner, but I, I have something about this, by the way. But sure. the opening of, like, where we kind of, like, fly around and then we land on, like, where the domes are, I thought that was really good. And all the miniature stuff as well, I thought that worked oh. out really well. Mm -hmm. I was very much enjoying it. I... I, I can turn my brain off. I can suspend my disbelief. I'm okay with like why, what, what it looks like, given the fact that all these science fiction films before like came up, before Star Wars came out looked like this. Hmm. Um, what is this in? This isn't like the unofficial like science fiction trilogy of Logan's Run. Was it Soylent Green and then Omega Man? Mm -hmm. Yep. Was there another one in there, or am I wrong? I guess Silent Running as well is, is in there, if you want to do a tetralogy. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And, yeah, I think those, because uh, I don't think Silent Running had um, a big twist element, which those other ones kind of did. No, it was a straight-up, like, ecological film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another one. I, I'd love to cover that. I haven't seen that in many years, and I'd, I'd be curious to go back and see what holds up. Yeah, no, I'd like to do all those at some point as well. Obviously, this is just me giving my yeah. initial thoughts. Um, but yeah, it's a journey film. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised there. It's based off a book. I definitely want to read the book. I've read synopsis yeah. of the book, and it's insane. They had to actually age characters up for certain reasons. Mm, mm. Um, I'll say that. It gets a little naughty, if, if you know what I mean. Oh, no. um, and when I say naughty, I mean naughty like that picture oh, of no. last night, and we'll get to that. But, yikes. Um, yeah, yikes. Um, but I actually saw a familiar face. Um, I didn't know who the main character was or the lead actor was, but the main female, however, 
Oh, I know. Actually, I think I also know who the old man is, but the female. <laughs> oh, I know who that is. That's the um what's what's her name? Uh it's the Shield Council woman. Um but what's the what's the one she's she's with affiliated with? I think it's just yeah, the Shield Council woman. Do you remember her from The Winter Soldier? I know the actress. I mean, I didn't remember that she was in Winter Soldier. But oh, that's interesting. Uh yeah, she was the one that uh, Natasha posed as. Yeah, I, I always think of that actress from uh, An American Werewolf in London. Ooh, interesting. She plays the uh, the main love interest in that movie, and yeah, she's great in that. Okay. Um, but yeah, she played the lead in this one, and I certainly enjoyed her role yeah. in this. Um, I, I don't know if the romance was earned or not i think i mean it was over a few days so movie logic whatever <laughs> um but once they got to washington dc i went why go back like why why go back and have all the other humans like all these teenagers like because if they don't know how to like do anything like not even cook because if all their needs are provided somehow, mm -hmm. are they gonna learn in a way? It's like idiocracy almost. Like, are they like how are they? I mean, I, or even like Wally in a way. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was more like now that they were aware that this this system was built on this kind of ugliness and this complete lack of freedom. It was kind of like maybe we can find a better way. There's got to be a better system than this. Even though, arguably, maybe they wouldn't find a better system. Maybe that did work out okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I see your point. It's the element of the human spirit to, to desire freedom. It's that uh, that kind of message. I see. Um, I remember what it was. It was the, the other one that was in there, I guess, was Westworld as well. I guess is another, like, part of that science fiction uh, run. Yeah, there was, there was a good run of science fiction coming out in the 70s. Some cool stuff, and... Like um, the Andromeda Strain is another one, and uh, yep, I was thinking that too. Yeah, and um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, the motion picture Star Trek. Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, the, yeah, there you go. Yeah, of course, Planet of the Apes had some cool ones going on. Yeah. Um, do you think you know a few years ago when they started up Westworld on HBO? Do you honestly think they could have done the same thing? I guess somebody still could if they want to now, but do you think somebody could honestly make like a Logan's Run TV series? Oh, they have. Yeah, I mean, not recently, but there has been Logan Run's TV shows. Yeah, I, th I thought there was one, but I wonder if like, how uh, did you watch it? Uh, I watched like one episode, and I remember being like, "Oh, this looks way cheaper than." Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, very very TV. Um, but no, I think that they could absolutely do it a modern series, and I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, I think I think you're right. If they gave the the Westworld treatment, but I don't think it would be HBO because they already canceled Westworld. So uh, I don't know how that well that one turned out. I could see Apple TV grabbing it. They seem to want to lean into a sci-fi niche, so I could see them leaning towards that. Well, I mean, they obviously would have to adapt the movie rather than the book because <laughs> again, there's no way in heck they anybody would do the book. Oh, interesting. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Again, trust me, it's it's interesting. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I enjoyed the, the old man and all the cats that he was in when he was in the Library of Congress. Or, I don't know, Library of Congress, but one of the Capitol buildings in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, I always love that. 
that always reminded me of that, uh, for whatever reason, it reminds me of that Twilight Zone episode where the guy uh, breaks his glasses at the end. Yes, yes, that's like the second or third episode of Twilight Zone season one. Yeah, I always connected those two bits for, for some reason. <laughs> that's funny. Um, do you remember the actor's name, by the way? The old man? Uh, is, is Peter something, Ustinov or something like that? Oh, wow. Ustinov, wow, that's interesting. No, I, I don't I don't know who it is. Okay. I mean, I, I, okay, because I think, I think that's Prince John from Disney's Robin Hood. Wow, it is Peter Ustinov. Oh. I think it is. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. No, yeah, that's him. That's him. I was right. I was right. Yes, that's Prince John. Let's go. Oh, man. Awesome. Great actor. Man, a lot of, like, yeah, holy smokes. They got a good actor for that. Yeah, Busnoff's great. Uh, I recently saw him in Spartacus. Me and Eric reviewed that, and yeah, he was really good in that. All those, yeah, all those actors just were of a different class back then. I gotta tell you. Yeah, I'd hope that most of them had gotten their start on the stage. That makes a big difference. That, uh, yeah, no, it literally is like, it's it's what I would do. Oh, well, for Logan's run, uh, what do you think about the robot scene? Yes, the, yeah. Sorry, I, we're getting yeah off hand. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> off topic, but um. So the robot scene, okay, who who played? There, there was something interesting about that scene. There was it was supposed to be played by, I think somebody. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm. I hope TV Tropes is right on their assessment here. But I think they wanted, who the heck was it? They want like Sammy Davis Jr. or something like that in there. Oh wow. <laughs> I don't quote me on that. I have no idea. But like, it it felt weird. It reminded me of Silent Green in a way, where we have to like. Well, and the robot was a little creepy, but then, like, it froze all those humans, and it also, like, turns out, oh, yeah, there really is no outside world, or whatever. Like, everybody who made it up to this point just froze and died, died, excuse mm -hmm. me, or just got frozen. And there's, like, no food left, or whatever he said. Uh, I thought some of the beforehand, when when his buddy's chasing him, um, and, like, floods, like, the room, I thought that was some good action. Yeah, I remember a lot of those chases were, were pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta say that. But yeah, what did, what did you think of the robot? Oh, I remember as a kid that, that scene I had to cover my eyes. That, yeah. that, that robot scared the hell out of me. Yeah, I didn't... <laughs> not in the same way, but yeah, I could see the creepiness and why people would be, like, afraid of this guy. Yeah, and I always like uh, movies that feel like they're, um... Kind of like a, yeah, like a big chase movie. And, and we're exploring one area and seeing all these different kind of hidden areas in it. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of cool stuff like that in Logan's Run. Yeah, especially when we went into like the abandoned section and we have like those undesirables in there. I'm like, jeez, yeah. like fair enough. Yeah, and I think seeing stuff like that too helped him kind of realize, oh, these people need to be liberated. Oh, certainly. It's a much darker world than maybe he thought. It's um, yeah, in a way, it's kind of uh, what, what, what do you call it? It's. It's a, it's a little ep episodic, isn't it? Like, not I wouldn't yeah. say it is episodic, but like he goes to eat. It feels like a book in a way, where he goes to like first he goes here to this like you know locked away section, then he goes and he's starting to chase where these like resistance members are. He goes into like this one section of the of the whole like complex. You know, I, I kind of get that why it's like almost novelish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you mentioning about them doing like a modern version, it is actually now I think about it, really surprising that we've never seen that. Like, it does seem pretty ripe for a, a remake. It really does. Like, it seems like this should be a TV show. Um, 
because I think they could do a lot more with it potentially, and they could they could spread it out more. Now, I am not saying like six seasons, <laughs> please. Either do like maybe three seasons or four, but end it after that. <laughs> yeah, and for goodness' sake, please have like the right amount of episodes, episodes in the right amount of length. Well, but what was the other movie? Yeah, that you mentioned. I, sorry, I can't remember. Yeah, that's totally fine. I got another one that I have to finish my thoughts on. But it was I want to dance with somebody. The Whitney Houston biopic. Uh, so me and Yule, we uh go to the theater. This is in December, late late December, and we're going in there. We're going to the film. He wants to see it. I'm like, let's go. We've seen the Straight Outta Compton film biopic. That was that was good. We saw the uh, two uh, All Eyes on Me biopic, which was not so great. Um, left left more to be desired. Let's put it that way. Um, and we've seen some other. We saw the Stephen Hawking. Uh, what, what, what was that one? Uh, Theory of Everything. The Theory of Everything. Mm. We saw that one a long time ago. Uh, that was a fun one. So we've seen. Me and him have gone to see these biopics, and, and so we watched this uh, with Whitney Houston and whatnot. And it's by one of the guys, one of the either producers or it's the same director who did We Will Rock You, if I recall. And that movie was either 50-50 where a lot of people liked it, a lot of people didn't. So, yeah, I was expecting, like, some interesting... I didn't read any reviews on this, by the way, so I have no idea, like, how it did. Um, I don't know if it made its money back, but... Anyways, so me and him go in there and... Empty theater. It's just him and I, so we get into my favorite spot, which is the very top back row. Oh, boy. Somehow you and I, I don't know how you and I are friends, because this guy loves, like, the front-ish worlds. No, we're not talking, like, the very, like, the nosebleeds, like, right in the very front of the screen. But, you know, like, the, the yeah. front of, like, the, the, where the seats end. And I just love being in the back to see everything. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I always feel like that makes the screen look so much smaller. But maybe that's maybe that's a weird opinion. I don't think so. I think it's like you know to each their own. I just I prefer to see like everything. I want to see the whole picture. I want to see like you know the whole screen and see like all the little details uh, everywhere and everything and all at once. But uh, for this movie, um, so I I actually didn't know a lot about Whitney Houston other than her songs. Uh, like, you know, I Want to Dance with Somebody, and that she was in what was that Kevin Costner film, The Bodyguard. That's right. So, what this was was a biopic, and it was kind of in the vein of greatest hits. I Meaning, it goes through like all the song, like all the major songs that she wrote, like a few other milestones. Um, when she meets Bobby Green, I believe her husband. That 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 was that was a big mistake she made. The big thing, the big underlying thing was that it was developing the relationship between her and her uh, best friend, who is also her lover. Um, because, yeah, no. What I, I think you will told me this, but what, because um, what I want, I want to dance with somebody is about her wanting to dance with her best friend in a romantic sense. But it's the 80s, and that's very much frowned upon. <laughs> Oh, is no, 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 no. We don't, we don't want that. Best friend, a woman, a woman. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Our no, best friend and confidant, basically. 
that they they meet. The the movie opens kind of with her singing at church with her mom, and then her meeting her her future lover, basically a best friend, uh, at school one day, and they hit it off, and they like talking like knowledge of different uh, period uh, artists of the time and whatnot, and. Um, and uh, Stanley Tucci is in this film. He does a good. He's a, does a really good job as usual. Like top marks from him. Um, he plays her uh, manager or her producer, excuse me. And one thing I will say is that Houston's got the voice. Fortunately, she doesn't have the songwriting skit talents. But you know, you're either bored with her or you're not. So hopefully, she made up for it. Sounds like the Elton John uh, biopic as well. Was he also in there? Oh, no, I guess a different guy. Yeah, he didn't write any of his songs. He had, like, a, a lifelong collaborator. Ah, okay. He did all the writing, and then he would compose the music and sing them. Yeah, she didn't even compose, though, as far as I'm aware. She, like, I guess listened to tracks, but, like, picked them, but, like, didn't write them like, like Elton mm. does. Or Sir, sorry, Sir John does. Pardon me. <laughs> I forgot he's knighted. Um, so the whole movie yeah, kind of goes through. We, we, we see her go through these different, like, you know, her pop hits, uh, her album releases and whatnot, her getting money and whatnot, and we see her her dad kind of like get in charge and take charge of some of like her uh, royalties and uh, some of her assets. And that's a plot point for later. Don't worry. Um, so this is like the late '80s, and then we get to "I Want to Dance with Somebody," and it's huge. Like it's, I think it's the midpoint of the film. Uh, we see her in was it Super Bowl. 24 25 whatever it was which i came home i told my dad this and he's like that was the greatest like uh what is it the, the greatest national anthem opening ever he, he told me i'm like okay fair enough if my dad's impressed by that all the way back in the day that's that, that I, I gotta give him that uh so they mentioned that oh golly they had cgi for some of the planes that went overhead i was like oh come on what the hey it was like unfinished CGI, excuse me. So I'm like, oh, goodness gracious me. <laughs> oh, no. I always hate that. I mean, it is what it is. It's just because it's a biopic movie, so you wouldn't think that CGI would be in there, but it was. But okay, whatever. I don't want to lambast the artists. Um, what this movie is, it's like a it's it's a classic American dream movie uh, where, you know, the American, they, they, they you know, the person from, like, nothing, or at least from something, like, you know, gets gets a chance at, like, you know, making it their own in America, and they, they get to it, and then, of course, what happens? They they, they fall down. They they, they, they they fall at the end of the, at the end of the story. And that is definitely what he was in, in a whole, in, in this whole movie. Um, I, I had to, I kept asking myself, I'm like, especially afterwards, I still think to this myself now, I have the answer, but like what what is what is missing like this should be something that hollywood would like just love like what is it that this isn't doing like right to get like well how come this isn't an oscar worthy movie because it it feels like a mid-level movie unfortunately like i i, I kind of want it to be like better than it is as I, I kept thinking and thinking and then the the answer came to me I think on Saturday night when I was watching YouTube and I came across this video and I, I had seen it before, not seen it before, but I'd seen it in my recommendations before and then I was like, I don't know if I want to watch that. And then I watched it 
And it was about the two Steve Job, Jobs movies that came mm. out, like, you know, a few years apart. One that had Aston Kutcher as a very much more, like, resemblance of Jobs, and then Michael Fassbender as Jobs. And the guy did an excellent job, like, uh, descri- describing, like, both films and, like, you know, what the differences were. I will definitely leave a link in the description because I, I think everybody should see it, but I think... I didn't know it was Danny Boyle and mm-hmm. um, Aaron Sorkin who did Jobs or whatever the Michael Fassbender one was. And I'm like, I think that one got nominated for some some awards, I believe. So I'm like, I okay, so that one's the more memorable one because they didn't play like the greatest hits, and that's and I'm basically paraphrasing what the guy said in the in the video of like in the Ashton Kutcher version. They basically did like the greatest hits. Now, I'm going off of this guy. I didn't watch Jobs or Ashton Kutcher's version, but I definitely would rather watch Michael Fassbender one because it seems like it's a movie first with some of the truths in there, but it's still like a movie. It's still got like beginning, middle, end, and it's doing like a story, a character story. Whereas biopics don't. So I was like, okay, that's what... I think Whitney Houston, like a Whitney Houston film, or just any film, kind of needs in, in a way. I don't, I don't know what Walk the Line was like. I, if, uh, if that was similar, where if it just showed like the greatest hits of Johnny Cash, or if it was like there was a story that was being told there. Yeah, that one's a mix of both. Okay. It feels like, uh, it definitely feels like it's kind of running down. Uh, it covers like a wide uh, swath of time. It does feel like it's hitting all the beats, but the performances and stuff are just so good that it kind of carries it. And I'm not going to say uh, that some of these other biopics don't have good performances, but yeah, a lot of them do feel really flat, especially Bohemian Rhapsody. Something about that one, it just felt like it had like no life to it, and it felt like uh, kind of caricaturization. I don't know how to say that of the uh, of the people. Oh, caricature. There you go. Yeah. And sometimes that's a problem with, with bio, biopics as well, is the actors do feel like they're doing like a, like making a caricature out of the person that they're supposed to be portraying. Did I? I'm, I'm so sorry. Did I say, um, did, did I say we, we will rock you? I thought I, I meant, um, yeah. yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm sorry. Yeah. I even looked it up and I was like, did he mean this weird 2011 comedy movie? We, we will rock you. But I didn't ask because I, I was just you moved past it now. It's like no. okay. <laughs> no, that's fair. No, no, no. Sorry, I completely I forgot it was Bohemian Rhapsody. It's all good. Yeah, and, and I gen- generally don't really watch a lot of biopics for that reason. I feel like a lot of them do have that kind of more bland element to them, and they feel like they're just hitting beats and carrying you along. Maybe the just the stuff that just a general audience would know too. It doesn't feel like they're diving deep into the the person. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, like, are, are, are they? Because, like, I want to believe that the actor is giving a performance, especially there's there are struggles there, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I will say this, though, that if you... One of the things I noticed throughout the whole film, though, is that if you're a... Uh, if you're a male, a heterosexual male, excuse me, in this film... This film does not like you, hmm. uh, or it is not kind to you in a way. Let's put it that way. They are all the, the two main male, heterosexual males: her father and then 
her husband, they are scumbags. They are they are definitely like portrayed as scumbags in this. Mm. Especially when her father takes control of her assets. Um and in a way of like kind of keeping a lot of the pie for himself. Yeah, that seems to be a common issue with uh, having family helping you out in the uh, certainly the entertainment world. Yeah, a lot of scumbags. And then her, and then her husband kind of leading her down the wrong road. We also see her like slowly lose, um, was it her relationship with her best friend slash lover because Green wants it like her all to her himself in a way, but even then he doesn't. He's not always he's not always loyal, of course. So it's 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 a mix of both, obviously. But yeah, she eventually loses uh, her friend, and she has a baby girl as well. And yeah, I forgot that you know Houston's actual daughter um, committed suicide as well in a uh, similar manner, which is awful. Um, I think that's right. Oh golly, that's really bad of me to not know. I knew this a month ago. I'm sorry. I didn't look this up till now. Or yeah, I didn't look this up. Yeah, and I didn't see that film. I, I was curious, too. Um, and I still might if it's if it's still playing, but it was not one that was necessarily high on my list. But do you feel overall that it was still like an enjoyable movie, even if it wasn't a great one? I would say so. Um, as I'd say don't I, I'd say watch it, but only watch it if it's like on one of your streaming services. Mm. Uh, I would I would say may I wouldn't say rent it. I mean, if you have to rent it, you have to rent it. But like, if it's on Pr- Prime or Apple TV Plus or whatever it is, I'd say give it a watch. But I think there could have been better. Personally, I don't think I think all the actors were performing and doing what they needed to do. I think they were all wonderful, but I think there could have been more done with with this idea. Yeah, Nick, a, a biopic, just since we're talking about it, I was, I was looking through a list of them. And it'd be interesting to, to talk about just the movement in these movies in general. But maybe we'd have to watch more of them to have kind of a full uh, uh, kind of uh, background. But yeah, I'm curious how many of them are end, end up actually being good rather than just the kind of, yeah, kind of bland caricature element. I remember seeing the... Uh, I was just looking and I forgot this even existed. Since you mentioned that Tupac one that I didn't know existed. There's also the Notorious. Yes. With uh, And I remember that one feeling like a somewhat of a caricature type movie too. Yeah, that was... Uh, I think that was not even given permission from like his mother, if I recall. And she was like, nope, doesn't exist. Oh, that's, that's sad to hear. I mm. think that's what it was. See... Do you want to do a not you, but like, do, do do people want biopics, or do they want documentaries? Yeah, I think that's a big issue. Yeah.